John Prescott. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's extra special Life from Joe's Mum's Kitchen episode of Pilot Light, a podcast where we watch the first episode of a television series and then we talk about it. My name's David and I need a piece of shit. Oh, there you two are. (laughs) (laughs) My name's Sam and yes, I am this podcast resident tweet monkey. (laughs) Uh, And I'm Joe and glasses make me look weak. They're like a wheelchair for the eye. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you would say that, the only one without glasses, Joe Well, technically I have a prescription pair of glasses, I just don't have to wear them It's true, and they do look like blind people glasses Yes um, So <laughs> this week uh, we watched uh, Veep uh, from 2012, I believe um, mm-hmm. And eagle-eyed viewers of the video feed may notice that um, Joe and I are sat next to one another In some kind of like mad Covid orgy um, and also, you can see details on my face, which I'm not totally happy with. Um, my potato camera will be back in force next week. <laughs> That's good. We we should um, we should apologise to the audio listeners because it's probably going to be slightly less uh, a higher quality audio than usual. But I think it's a price to pay to see those guys sitting together. I unfortunately couldn't be there um, because he wasn't I invited. Golf. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just stay in Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> because he wasn't welcome to can, be Can here. I just point out we're still in Scotland? Still in Scotland, yes. yes. Oh, right, okay, okay. Well, I'll stay in the north of Scotland then. Leave you, leave you guys be. Central Belt. So we watched Veep. We watched this charming 2012 Obama's still president and politics is just a fun game that doesn't influ- actually influence anyone's lives. There's no tweets and sexual predators president just yet well there are, there are tweets um, but not from a from not from a sex offender for president uh, sam do you yes. want to read us a plot summary because this has quite a succinct sort of uh, selling selling point doesn't it it does indeed it does so in v we get to see the former senator selena meyer find that being vice president of the united states is nothing like she hoped and everything that everyone warned her about so this stars uh, julia louise dreyfus just going to say right now, probably probably one of the best com- uh, comedic minds in television history, if not the best. Like certainly, she is. certainly one of the, the best comedic actors, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not sure how much involvement she has on the writing side, but if you want somebody to sell, like, anything, any sort of funny character, if you want someone to debase themselves in the name of comedy, you know, and look good doing it, you, you call Julie Louise Dreyfus. Um, obviously... Really notable from um, Seinfeld. It's her big, mm-hmm. big, uh, big coming to power thing. Uh, she was also appeared in the rest of the development um, as a, a sort of guest star mm-hmm. periodically in in a really fun role where she pretends to be a blind lawyer. Um, Love that. And so it's nice to see her kind of like helm a TV show. Uh, you, you know, it kind of like dials her, you know, uh, presence up to you know a hundred. Can I just point out how small she fucking is, though? Like, she is tiny. Joe pointed this out when we were watching it last night, and it was like, oh, yeah, she is really tiny. Five foot two. Is she really? Yeah, Dave, there was like like, um, one of the the shots she was stood next to, like. um, She was stood next to Jonah. She stood next to Jonah, but she had, like, it was Anna Chlumsky or whatever she's called on next to her as well, and one of the others, and I think just Tony Hale. And, like, she was, like, literally, like, about a foot smaller than all of them. 
yeah, um, elbow high. And Dave Davis like, oh yeah, yeah. but th- that guy, that guy Jonah, he's really, really tall. And then I like looked it up, and it's like, no, she's six. She, she's literally like five two. So like on you, Dave, she's like there. Yeah, somewhere <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's. Um, but we're not. Well, we're not. We're not height shaming people uh, on this week's I was podcast. Say, yeah, just- Despite her height, and uh, she's she's absolutely brilliant. So she she plays the vice president, and that's where that's where this show. So I, I guess we'll, we'll get into the cast as we go along, Sam. But maybe let's talk about, um, and you can talk about uh, maybe the, where this show comes from, and sort of like it's um, because I have an interesting fact here is that for the first season at least, like the entire writing staff of this TV show about the vice president of the United States of America, starring Americans, was British. The entire writing cast was British people. Yeah, so this comes from The Thick of It, um, which is an absolutely exquisite, amazing piece of television from um, Armando Iannucci, set in the UK about, I think it's like a fictional department of, uh, of, of the British government. And in The Thick of It, we just get to see the most like outrageous and entertaining and also realistic portrayals of... Uh, life in you know working for a, a member of parliament working for a cabinet minister and all of the kind of craziness that goes along with that i love the thick of it it is absolutely amazing and it's one of those ones that i think is a real cultural impact in the uk the character malcolm tucker being probably the biggest example of that who is just you know so many lines and so many bits of tv that that character influenced this is their attempt but not their first attempt at bringing the concept of the thick of it, a kind of like workplace uh, docu, you know, a, a, a pretend documentary about what it's like to work in. Um, I think this you know, could be broadly politics. termed as like a, a dramedy, Sam. Yeah. Um, I think would be the sort of the closest yeah. approximation. But there's a mockumentary, there's a mockumentary, that's the word I was looking for, there's a mockumentary feel to it. Yeah, it feels very much very like much The comes. Office. It, it has a very office yeah. kind of feel to it. Absolutely, yeah. So, the first attempt, however, um, was called In the Loop, which is a movie which is kind of in this... It has Malcolm Tucker, has the thick of it, um, uh, people involved, and that was a movie of them kind of transporting trans, uh, uh, to the US and going from there. So this is in the same universe. You could technically call this a spin-off, I think. Um, but it's really... It's quite distinct in its own, and it's actually gone on a lot longer in the in the in the way that american tv just goes for our you know season after season episode yeah. after episode we, we should say as well that ian itchy recently did um oh what was that uh, avenue five uh, which was a a sci-fi show that aired last year um it was mm. pretty funny and again like very he has a style of like this kind of like quite witty hugh laurie hugh laurie yeah i watched yeah about I- half of it not for any reason other than like Honestly, my capacity to watch a weekly released series these days is just nothing. Mm. Like two or three episodes, oh, this is cool, and then if I miss one, that's it. Um, Hugh yeah. Laurie actually appears in this in later episodes. He does, yeah, yeah. he does. Oh, interesting. He comes into this later. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about maybe our history of the series. I mean, I, I've watched three or four seasons of this. I've never watched the thick of it um, for whatever reason, um, <gasps> but I've watched three or four seasons of this, um, and it, I think it, it like went on for seven seasons. Um, I have mm-hmm. seen neither this or the thick of it, so 
double. <gasps> yeah, you should. Yeah. What are you guys doing for the rest of the afternoon? Because I think you could blast through most of uh, the thick of it. And I actually am genuinely suggesting that as a as a as a way to spend. We your might time do. Our something. plan is to sit and not talk to each other all evening. Good, good. Evening. Yeah. This is the brief window when we'll when we'll when we'll have a conversation. Um, yeah, so it's it, VP. Like I say, though, it's it's very much. It comes from that same idea. It comes from the mind of Ianucci and all the other British writers. And it's a great fact that there there were no Americans involved in this it's, because it's really funny because they must have had to have like somebody they consulted with. <laughs> you would think. Yes, just about the kind of like the structures and how does it work and you know because the it's it's that real it's the minutia. I think this show is about the minutia of working for the vice president working around politics and how uh you know the, the 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 tricky situations come from very very simple things and it's the skill and we can get into this as as we go through the plot of the episode it's the skill of taking something that seems innocuous and turning it into a massive shit show yeah. that just escalates and builds and becomes just a ridiculousness um in in terms of the you know what's going on so it's very heightened, yeah, this is, isn't it? It's a very heightened uh-huh. sort of like reality. It's kind of satirical of politics, but at the same time, I think something it captures really well is like there is there is not a character in this series, especially of the, the bits I've watched, who has any real like you know agendas or beliefs. It's all just about like perpetuating political power, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like the, the the through line is like this is a great idea. However, if we have to sell out all of this to like look look good to the public we'll do it in a second no questions asked just like real life it's very greasy it's very <laughs> greasy most of the plots kind of revolve around right we need to like you know somehow convince this senator to get behind this or we need to somehow like nobble this guy and like mm-hmm. and it's kind of an interesting period as well because we do have social media plays a big part in the series like you know everyone's got blackberries which i found quite quaint <laughs> um i had a blackberry in 2012 so like you know this is very much like of the time Never had a uh, like an animal like an animal sam <laughs> um i love that phone anyway uh so it kind of like captures kind of like a you know it's 2012 like in the in the real world obama's in office and like american politics did feel quite fresh in especially his first term and like you know and so i think this kind of you know is a a quite a negative view perhaps of of like maybe quite a positive outlook at the time and i think it's it kind of hits all the right beats and and the characters aren't none of the characters are likable i should say in this like absolutely none of them and and that kind of like is to its credit um they're all (laughs) anti-heroes (laughs) <laughs> they're, all, they're all quite intelligent. It almost kind of like has an always sunny kind of thing to it, where like you can tell they're all really nasty people. Yeah, um, they're basically just like trying to you know cut the way to the top. You know, they're willing to like stab each other in the back in, in, in a second in a heartbeat. Politics um, and 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 that tone, that feel, that you know, all the swearing, all the nastiness. I mean, it's, some of the stuff is is is. You know, it's quite it's quite horrible, isn't it? The way mm. that they treat each other. Um, but I think just, that tone is so. Imp- I was just going to say, just on the on. way that it's like that it's shot. Apparently, like each scene was rehearsed, but that the actors were allowed to like improvise quite a lot. So then the the writers would be on set when they were doing these rehearsals, and anything they thought worked, they'd write it into the shooting script. Um, right. Which and you do have, I do think that pays off, Joe. And yeah. I like, I think um, obviously we haven't mentioned Tony Hale yet, um, who is kind of like great. While I wouldn't say, you know, particularly even the second build in this, I think he's, like, such a huge part of why I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and him and Louise Dreyfus are obviously, like, really 
experienced and they've worked together before, like comedic actors. So like, I think they could probably bring quite a lot to that in that that context mm. of rehearsing it. You've got a script, and then Tony Hale might say like, because the Tony Hale character in this is, you know, quite a lot like the Buster character in Arrested Development, and like you wonder how right. much of that is just Tony Hale. And Louise Dreyfus has got like Elaine moments, and again, like you think how much of that is like her personal input, her personality, sort of like showing through in these characters. In I think the best possible way, um, and I'm sure the other actors as well. But I just I know them less because you know there just haven't been yeah, as many not, things. Not as not as famous. But that that um that tone, that feel, and that also creative control that I think Ian Ichi manages to 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 wield. Was, is really important to this. Is, is This is a show that came out on HBO and they're obviously quite famous for being a bit freer, a bit looser about the type of stuff that they're allowed on We TV. can say fuck but on HBO. Like, fuck you, America. Say we'll say like, fuck. We'll say we dick. Say we'll where? say shit. We'll say the C uh-huh. word. Not on this podcast, though, because we're a family podcast. <laughs> yeah, all of those preceding swear words, um, but the, just ignore that. The C word gets dropped a few times in this, and you're like, wow, we're really in HBO country. Well, here. they use the word retard, which yeah. is obviously very taboo and not something that you I think, be saying. I think a lot more so now, and it was in 2012, but like even more yeah, so more. now. There's an, yeah, there's an American thing as well, which is the kind of use. But, but this was uh, originally pitched, so we've got thick of it, in in the early 2000s which is it's very very new labor so it's got that real feel there was also an abc um uh, unaired pilot which i don't i did look for and couldn't find from i think around 2008 um called the thick of it and was basically completely unrelated to he got a writing credit but he was not involved at all um written by mitch herwitz and richard day mitch herwitz american um, american arrested development fame and this was following i think a low-level member of congress so this is like their first go at trying to turn this into this sounds like your your standard um office-esque it's kind of like regionalization which like the office is obviously the example of when it worked but like life on mars got a, a u.s version that was short-lived, well, and like Red, I think it's Red quite Dwarf got Red Dwarf. I think it's quite common and obviously quite cheap to just take a script that's already been written, change some of the British slang in it, and just like shoot it. Like it's really just like paint by numbers. And you know, <laughs> The Office is the example of something they did that worked and went and became its own thing. Most of the time, they don't even get a season, and if they do, it's usually one, like Red Dwarf, <laughs> like Red Dwarf or yeah. Life on Mars, um, and. And this did not get past a pilot. In fact, Ianucci said, he said, quote, it was terrible. They took the idea, they chucked out all the style. It was conventionally shot and there was no improvisation or swearing. It didn't get picked up, thank God. So all the things we've been talking about, like the the improvisation, all of the, the, the kind of casting and that, that tone, that kind of like the nastiness was missing. And so what we, when, when HBO picks this up, we get the show that actually it should be because if you've ever watched Thick of It, like it is aggressive it's an aggressive tv show this is dialed but down a little bit but i still think there's that you know for a kind of american audience it's it's maybe more suited i think um julie yeah. louise dreyfus is, is a lot less acerbic than um peter capraldi who was the the lead in the thick yeah. of it and like malcolm sucker yeah and so i think that goes a long way to it i think that you know that it's just that polished polished element of american politics that maybe like especially the new labor era of british government like you had you know people like um what's his face you know like you had some very like working class or like typical labor mps who would not fit that like um 
clone politician John Prescott. Mold. John Prescott was who I was thinking of. Like, you know, you can't imagine him being like a Selena. Uh, I want to say Selena Kyle, but that's that's not the same character. I want to see I want to see more politicians punching constituents. That's what I want to see. Genuinely, that's, that's yeah. the type of and, and the constituents throwing eggs at them. And uh, I definitely yeah. want to see more constituents throwing pies at politicians. Yeah, I think that's like <laughs> that's something that I could do with more of in my life. Um, well, I mean, we had we had learned people throwing milkshakes at politicians. That's true, that and was... we've had we've had politicians hiding in fridges, and um, unfortunately, I think. You know, someone, politicians someone getting shot in the street because life is grim. Again, take me back to yeah. 2012. When, when, when life was simple. When life was bad, but it wasn't that bad. We, we'll, we'll get, let's get into the plot of this episode. But interestingly, we never really see which political party... Um, is it the goodies or the baddies? We don't know. Like, but it's quite intentional. Through, I think I all think. the way... Yeah, I think all, all the way, way through, through yeah. we never really see. Um, because and we also don't get any political cameos, which I was... Like so, I've actually only seen maybe a season of this. I think we, me and Nicola, tried to watch it, and she didn't really like it that much. And so it's you know, I don't have any time to watch TV that's not assigned on the for the podcast. But I was expecting there to be like, oh look, it's Al Gore. Here's an Al Gore episode. You know, a bit like The Office, which had a bit yeah. kind of more of those cameos. There's there's a lot of like that's poorly. Great. There's a lot of poor, not poorly, but like there's a lot of like very um, shallow sort of. This is definitely meant to be a type, you know, like a like an alcohol type or like a Joe Biden type. But they very specifically kind of like they, they they leave it in its own universe and they kind of avoid. And I think to its credit, they avoid making any of the characters particularly conservative or particularly dem- you know Democrats. And I think you know even to to go to go as far as to not be like get into like blue and red. And it would be so easy just to. Pick yeah. a lane, and they don't, and I think they tread the line really, really well. And actually, like, it sounds bizarre, but this is quite an apolitical show, like because again, it's not positive about any of these people or anything they're doing. But at the same time, it's not being not positive about any particular party. It's kind of like yeah. all yeah. politicians are horrible, and that seems fairly. They're accurate. all shitbags. They're all shitbags. That's believable. Thing, believable. So. so this first episode is called Fundraiser. Now, this isn't a pilot. You know, again, uh, moving away from the concept of our of our of our title show, but uh, this is called fundraiser. And in this episode, it's kind of like introducing the characters a little bit, but we pretty much get straight in there. Like there isn't it's extremely there isn't like fast a, paced. Oh, it's very fast it, paced. It is. It is. Yeah. Which is um, good. Don't get me wrong, because you, you know I said this to you that if if you were to rewatch this, you're like I'm pretty sure you could watch this ten times. This episode, yeah. this this series. And you'd find new jokes. I think that's the that's the benefit of like this is a it's a first episode that's made to like be a part of a series rather than a pilot which was sold to a network. The pilot presumably was a bit more, you know, of your standard sort of fare or you know, they might not even shot a full pilot, it might just be in a few scenes. Um certainly from what I read it seems like some of the scenes from this episode were filmed when they shot the pilot. Um, however, you know, uh, expansive that was, and some of the scenes were shot four or five months later once they've been picked up. Um, it's like a good mix, and because you don't get like a this is Selena, she used to be a senator, and now she's the vice president. You kind of get it in the intro mm. in like a newspaper print, really. But you kind of introduce, are introduced to the characters by like context. You see 
them doing things and you kind of pick mm-hmm. up like right selena's the boss and then they keep well, calling her veep and they explain that you know that becomes clear eventually as well but like it kind of doesn't it doesn't baby you as an audience you kind of just yes. like you hit the ground running you're watching it things are happening you're entertained and then eventually it all kind of clicks in and that's and that's i think to the show's real strength is that it's not talking down to you at all and it's not a show for everyone i was looking at the viewing figures this had 1.3 us uh, a million us viewers and as we go through, like it doesn't, it, it doesn't really get much higher than that, you know. There's in terms of maybe eight hundred thousand people watching it, and that's because it's HBO as well. Like it's, you know, this is HBO's doing that Netflix thing before it's a Netflix thing, which is just to commission an entire season and bring lots of clever people around it. If you've got Ian Yuchi, Tony Hale, Julia Julius, especially, like you are gonna just greenlight whatever the hell that you got you going. Yeah, yeah. There's there's tons, there's tons. The, what what I like in this is that we it, again it goes to the minutia. So, um, Veep is, is she is she's going for this clean jobs commission because she wants to you know that's like her hobby horse. Because when you're vice president, you know you are intentionally in the in, in, in the shadow. Spyro Agnew? No, that's right. <laughs> You've heard of Nixon, though, haven't you? Yeah, and Agnew was probably even more fucking um, corrupt than Nixon was. Definitely even more corrupt than Nixon. <laughs> God, God, we're clever, aren't we? Uh, but there's... there's uh, but, but So this Clean Jobs Commission is like... She, this is the one thing that she gets to do. She gets to do Mars missions. She gets to do the... You know, the, the like, the second-grade stuff that the vice president is, is kind of, like, allowed to do. And you then, do the shit the president does not want to or have time for. Like, yes. if there's an event... That's like middling, and the president's like, uh-huh. I've got you know a UN meeting to go to, or I've got you know a whatever. So, so, like you send the vice president, yeah. you're like the whipping boy for the for the president, and it's kind of yeah. a it's seen as a stepping stone a lot of the time being vice president, um, especially if you're Lyndon um, Lyndon Johnson. <laughs> um, but like it's seen as a stepping stone to like you know if you do well as a vice president, if you tick all the boxes, if you do your job, like then you get a shot at the title. You like know, Joe Biden. Exactly. Like yeah, Biden, like yeah, Joe, exactly. Yeah, like Joe Biden. Like Joe Biden's but, in fact a great example, actually, yeah. But the, the, the uh, what I love is that it, all the focus is around cornstarch utensils. <laughs> like, and I know, and uh, which is which is really funny, but it's like thinking about the writing process to get to that point is, is what I was considering because you've got like, okay, so we want to have, we, we want to have a way of introducing the character that we want to kind of also introduce the role of the vice president and then we're going to shit on it. And, you know, every time she walks into her office, there's a president called, no. And she does it about three times, you know, because it's like, that's where the source of power is, really. It's an over-exaggeration. But and we never see the there. president, actually. Yeah, you never I think, it. yes. Like, yes. I, I could be wrong, and obviously fans of the show should, uh, should let us know. You should tweet at us at Imaginary Pod or um, leave us a comment on uh, YouTube. But um, I don't think we ever see him, and that was a very intentional thing yeah, from the you, writers. You don't, you don't see him, but you do. They do give you his name. I think you do get his name. Yeah, yeah. But it's like a last name, but you never, you never see him. You never meet him, um, and eventually he's kind of like written off the show, which is odd for a character you never see. But um, that's kind of like the thing—you never see the president. He is not like the vice president. He's not important enough to get FaceTime with the president, basically, which I think is a really like fun commentary on. So is um, Stuart Hughes is the president? Yeah, apparently. but it's, it's kind of he's a made-up name, and he's not really because we never see him. He's not especially based on anyone. I suppose the closest one would be like he seems like a Clinton type, like especially. Mm-hmm. 
you know, with what happens later in the series. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's but it's so it's that it's that work, that working in the shadows, and so she's got this clean, this clean jobs commission, and there's a and then it basically turns out that obviously because it's America, because it's the the you know there's all these lobbies who are yeehaw oil oil well there's the plastics lobby and then if you piss off the plastics lobby you're going to piss off the oil lobby and you don't piss off the oil lobby like that's a great commentary oil but one of my one of my favorite america yeah it's crazy but one of my favorite lines is i think it's tony hale says the utensils have been politicized <laughs> because <laughs> she's trying to get these cornstarch forks in every federal building which is you know like yeah that would have an impact on on the environment but it's the smallest of small beans. And the best thing it about it is, like, that's the that's the pivot on which the episode turns, but it's kind of irrelevant. And in, within the first five minutes, ten minutes, we've got, like, the scene where she's at the fundraiser. No one's there because somebody in her office has accidentally tweeted saying we're going to do this. And she's like, fuck, like, you know, this isn't the plan. And she gets given a coffee with this cornstarch spoon. And it's like uh, <laughs> it's like shriveled and bent from the heat of the coffee <laughs> into like a circle. Because she, she says, she uh, says, "What am I supposed to do? Eat around fucking carnage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is a great line, and it's delivered so well. It must have been so freeing for Dreyfus to like, like, just be able to just like well, be really like shitty. It's the type of line that isn't going to be on ABC at half past eight, you know, like in 2007. It's that, that, that's the type of line that's not going to be there because you want it to be full of venom. Later on when she's having this tantrum about, you know, like because because uh, uh, somebody, uh, what is it? They, they signed the president, they signed the, the letter, but, uh, but the woman who signed it, didn't sign as the vice president. Oh, it, was, it, was a, it was a card for the. It yes. was one of the other senators had passed a dead, away. A dead sex, of, a a dead sex offender. Yeah, because they literally and nicknamed him Rapey Reed or something. <laughs> Rapey Reed has died, yeah. And she's having this tantrum and she's like, you know, she's just going, and it's just so mean spirited. And I love it. I love to see that on TV. Like, I love to see characters just being horrible and not, and not have a save the cat moment, particularly. Just be like, that's it, you know, and we're yep. just going to go from there. Um, but the, it's all it's all these subtle digs against her, against um, against Selena and like one of my favourites is when she goes and sees the, the one of the senators and they obviously hate each other but they're being polite and they're doing all this <laughs> and then she goes the, the, the vice president of the United States goes to sit down in the set of chairs and the senator just goes back to her desk and continues typing and working away which is like incredibly disrespectful there's a real Never big dick you. vibe going on with a lot of this like which again yeah. i like and it feels it's like so funny it feels realistic because you know you're the vice president you don't really have it you're not the president you know you're not like an important senator anymore you are the vice president which means you're a whipping boy mm-hmm. and this senator's like i don't give a fuck <laughs> you're a joke mm-hmm. you know I've got the power yeah. here, and, and and you know, and that's kind of a fun scene. No power here, and we get a lot of like dirty politics here, where um, obviously Selena's in trouble because someone who works for her releases this tweet. Uh, obviously, we never meet them, and they're immediately fired, and presumably, you know, and then they all joke Washington. about it, and then they all joke about it, <laughs> um, and then the Dan character who we meet in this, this episode is kind of like he's the he's the shittiest person in a room full of shitty people. Like, I think he's just, like, the most bald-faced about it. 
And so he works for this senator that we meet early on. And he's dating her daughter, presumably, quite in fact, not presumably, but he states it for a fact, presumably, <laughs> explicitly. to get ahead, explicitly <laughs> to get ahead. Um, and then he uh, leaks a story about this senator to like reduce her standing so that he can jump ship and go and work for the vice president. Um, we get like an offhand line where he's like, oh, you can put, McClinton Mike is like, um, you know, I'll show you where your desk is. You can put a picture of your girlfriend and he says the name and she's like, oh no, I broke up with her about 15 minutes ago. Like, so in the same day, he's like, leaked this article, got a new job, text and broken up with this woman he's seeing. Like, yeah. he does not give a fuck. And that's when, and you, that's when of, you get the line, because obviously Selena yeah. decides to hire him. Um, because um, you know he's a shit, um, and she's there like shouting at. Um, is it Amy? Amy, yeah. at Amy saying, "I need a shit." And she, I need a shit. I need a shit on the team. Like I need someone who is you know self-describes as a shit because that's the what you need. Because they're the politics. people who will go yeah. and they'll do anything to dog, like get ahead. Dog world. I, I don't. I don't work in. I don't work in politics, but I do work in in and around government. Sometimes. Shit. He works in shit. No. So, but so, no, I, no, I, don't, I really don't want to overstate it. But there is, there's like a feel to this, and I do recognise it in the thick of it when you're working, especially because I work in communication. So it's like there's that real sense of like, oh, so how, what are we going to do next, and how would we act? And and I do kind of recognise like a, a small slice of this, and it and it does really make me laugh because of sometimes sometimes the environments that you're in, that kind of professional environment where it's very outward facing. Like that has a real feel to it, and there's like an energy to it as well, which I think is what you get from this. That everything's moving, constantly having to readapt and change because we don't know. You know, we've something new has happened, and we have to kind of um, uh, respond to it. And I, I do find it very fun. There's a kind of truth to it, I think. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, you are absolutely right. Um, and there's also like a there's a sorry the radiator in the kitchen's just started turning on. It sounded, <laughs> like, it sounded like it sounded like it sounded like water kind of dripping yeah, somewhere. Um, fuck. But obviously the, the heating has just come on or something. So anyway, um, there's a real element of like um, I almost call it gallows humour. So if you've known any, I don't know many politicians, and I'm not big into communications. Obviously, being a self-employed gardener. However, I'm not really um, cool like me. However, I know a lot of people <laughs> who work in the care industry and in like palliative care and nursing and things and. There's a real element of like gallows humour. Like I know a nurse who works in palliative care who is a really nice person, but will make really off colour jokes about people dying, like that you would just not expect. And I think it's like a coping mechanism. And there's kind of an element of that in this TV show and the way that these people interact, where like obviously it's an incredibly high pressure, stressful environment, and to deal with it, like everyone's just like, you know, swearing and and being incredibly cr- um, crude and and violent and rude to each other and it's just kind of like a it seems like a just kind of a way of dealing with the fact that like the pressure as we you know it must be incredibly immense like this poor like staffer who gets fired off screen <laughs> in this episode and like this happens, this happens over and over again quite a lot of our main characters kind of you know go through phases of like oh they've accidentally they've been fucked up at work and their entire life is down the pan and and, <laughs> and you know the, the kind of the realistic state of American politics where you know Usually the president can say whatever he likes. That's certainly what Trump has taught us. Um, but, you know, as a politician, you kind of are constantly under that public eye and that must be really stressful and difficult for, like, a lot of people behind the scenes to manage. 
So you get this kind of gallows humor going on, and I mean, gallows humor maybe isn't the right word, but no, no. But there is, yeah, there's a darkness. But we also see, we also see um, the vice president react in that way, where she has that tantrum and she's screaming and she calls the guy in the a fuckwad or something, um, and <laughs> and then goes, think, it? yeah, 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 lovely. Goes, <sighs> takes a breath, walks in and says, oh, I'm really sorry, Jim. It's a it's a bit of a complicated day here today, and you're like. What a euphemism! It's a complicated day. <laughs> like everything is falling apart, and you've <laughs> fucked up in so many ways, and it's a complicated day. Like I, I can, yeah. Um, I, can, I, uh, I imagine you have days that. like that working in politics and that sort of thing. You know, it is like you know you do have days like that. And it does kind of feel almost kind of you know obviously the topics are a bit kind of stupid, but you'd imagine that the vice president is that busy, is that fast paced. But it is, is that it is again like things like this happen. You remember obviously when Cameron was in office and that story got leaked about him fucking a pig. Um, like you can imagine there was an office somewhere full of people running around thinking, <laughs> how do we get ahead of this pig fucking story? And like the conversations would honestly be exactly Dude. like this episode. Like, so did he fuck the pig? Oh, he absolutely did we fucked ask the pig. Him? Of course it, he it fucked was, the pig. It was consensual. Of course he did fucked the pig, it? but it doesn't did matter if he fucked the pig. Like we've got to, we've got to, Who's you know. Who's going to ask? Yeah, Who's going to exactly. ask the Prime Minister? If well, again, that? the Prime Minister isn't Should involved, we ask but him? there is a group of 20 people who are like, right, yeah. so the Prime Minister <clears throat> didn't do this. But like we need to, we need to get control of this. I and mean, again, like there is elements in throughout Veep that I've watched where like we have moments like this where someone cocks up, and ultimately you either need to find somebody else to take the fall, or you need to kind of like turn it into something that you can use as a weapon. And yeah. like again, well, knowing we the see- news cycle from the other side, like it's fun to see sort of the sausage making going on here. Well, we see and we see two of those things, um, which which can you know coming to conclude the episode, which is one, the the, the, the vice president makes a retard joke, you know, hoisted on his own retard because retard gate, the tweet, yes, yeah, the, the tweet monkey who sent this, you know, tweet uh, incorrectly, and and then we get the thing about the the card, so the staffer, chief of staff, in fact. Signs her own name instead of the vice president's on this condolence card. So, and that that's a great example of like, it's a again, it's a, such a small detail it's about the minutia because the complication is the vice pre- the president of the United States has already signed it, and then now you've got Amy, what's her face? I can't remember the character's name who who signed it as her. And so, like, what do you, what would you do? Actually, I was thinking like, what would you do in that situation? Would you you'd have to get the card back? You'd have to then like go to the president and say, "I'm sorry, could you sign this again?" Like, there's all of these different like complications, and then maybe it's already been round, and all the other senators have signed it, and you know, like the whole thing would just be embarrassing, and it would make you look stupid. And I can imagine having that conversation. Well, even even getting the card back, because the, the the guy had taken it away again. So to get the card back, the Amy character like basically had to agree to go on a date with this Jonah who she yeah. absolutely hates. <laughs> and we get but a his great, reason, his, his, great Tony Hale his, his reason for like wanting to go on, on, on a date with her isn't because he actually wants her, because he knows she's not interested, but because she's an eight, other eights would kind of see <laughs> him on a date with eight and, and, and decide that he was like, you know, in their league sort of thing. Well, exact line he says is something like, you know... Right, if, if all the other eights see me on a date with Amy, all the other eights I want to fuck see me on a date with Amy, it's going to be like, what does he say? It's going to be intern city up in here. And so obviously <laughs> the implication is that he's going to use his <coughs> use his position and uh, in going on this date with Amy to, like, you know, unduly, like, uh, make advances on these young women. 
Um, which is grim, but like it kind of again to the tone of this show where everyone is a shit. Everyone is a horrible, horrible individual who is out purely for themselves and like is so apolitical. Like they're just really about like how can I do the best and get the most power for myself personally. It's not even about money. That's the great thing. Like it's very little. It's very. It's very not about like backhanders or anything. It's just how do I get closer to the center of power? They're just. They're just. Yeah. They're just horrible people. Which is. Which is very fun to to watch, isn't it? Um, so that's the episode. Really, we get Dan joins the team, and he becomes like his chief uh, shit. Yeah, basically, I think it's something to do with communications, isn't it? Uh, essentially, like him and Amy have the same job. Like as the <laughs> season goes on, like Amy's the chief mm-hmm. of staff, but Dan's like the chief. You know, he's like the political commissar. He's kind of like the guy who's he's the whip, basically. He knows a lot of people into shape. He knows a lot of shitty individuals, and like. You know, if you're really in, if you're really in a, a sticky situation, he's the guy who's going to have some like horribly, horribly morally questionable thing that to do to fix it. Yeah. So this is one of the. Oh, this is obviously a very, very successful show. It is multi-award winning. I think it had seven consecutive nomina- uh, primetime Emmy nominations for outstanding comedy. One on the fourth, fifth, and sixth seasons. Um, uh, Louise Dreyfus won six consecutive primetime Emmy Awards and it's also won a series of uh, Right Girls America Awards so this is uh, this is continuing uh, continuously um, heralded as one of just one of the best things on TV and if you look at the kind of like the the Rotten Tomatoes score which is not I you know it's not a, a perfect thing but it certainly gives an indication it just goes up and up and think peaks around season four um, so it's definitely I think a show that I'm going to really come back to especially because it is it's 20 minutes and that's like it's the, nice the only thing have. and I said this to Dave it's not streaming so it used to be it used to be on Now TV and I, I think oh. that probably probably what's happened um, is that um, the right. rights have just lapsed and it will come back on streaming this, services um, so this was another one of our like pinky in the brain 10 pence first episode we had a pack you see oh, because shit. I refused to spend 10 pence on pinky in the brain if I couldn't make the guys spend 10 pence on something they had to buy my one mistake was buying it myself uh, because I actually watched it on Joe's Amazon Prime last night. Um, so I'm so, I'm ten pence down. So really, ten pence down. so really, I'm the winner. <laughs> I just looked; it's seventeen quid for the full first season. So I mean, what am I? What am I? Am I literally a millionaire? Because Basically, that's the only way. What what we're saying is that you know this is great, but don't watch it because you have HBO to pay. don't necessarily pay us. But can you send us some DVDs or like you know, <laughs> you know they never like change the disc. Make, so. ha- make HBO Max discs. a UK service. That <laughs> would be quite wonderful. The, the, the only way you get me to watch this if you send me DVDs is if you also come around and change the disc every time I want it done. They so. can do it. They've got the money. They've got the people. <laughs> Yeah, they could make it happen. I think it might be on. I think it might be on Sky, um, possibly even Now TV Entertainment Pass. But I, it used but to be way. on. It used to be on Now TV, but it's lapsed. I think. Right. So yeah, well, that's very frustrating. But I think so. It is. It is at some point then one show that I will try and watch. It will and come back. I think it will yeah. come back around. Yeah. Because um, you yeah. find quite a lot of the time, especially with Now TV, it's go the Sky Entertainment Pass. Like a lot of stuff drops off and then comes back on, and it's like a negotiation. It, it's thing, old it? enough as well to be at that point where, like, you know, it's it's at the point where people it will be on like a well, rotation because, because it's finished. I think that's such a huge part of like things being yeah. on streaming is like. If you can say, right, there are seven seasons of each, that's going to be it. Like, that's a singular package you can sell. You don't have to worry yeah. about future rights or, like, airing rights. You know, it's just a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, one one fun fact that I I saw in this later on, there's when they're running for re-election, there's a a, a a kind of tagline which is continuity with change, which is which is brilliant, which is totally strong brilliant. and stable. Yeah, remember and, that and, one and. Dreyfus, Dreyfus described it as the most empty, banal, moronic political slogan we could come up with, which is which is really funny in itself. It's even funnier when you realise that Australian Prime Minister Ma- Malcolm Turnbull used con- continuity and change as a campaign motto. <laughs> so the most ban- the most banal thing that they could come up with is what I think I think he's uh, I think he's right wing. Not, not Australian so. politics is a mystifying thing Oof. involving kangaroos and oppression of native peoples. So let's not touch that too much. Yeah, like almost. Yeah, in a way. Lots of biker gangs, shocking. lots of Mad Max type scenarios, poisonous <laughs> snakes. It's all. It's a heady mix. I've I've seen the episode of The Simpsons. You know, the toilet's flush the other way. Yeah. <laughs> At thirty years right. old, I'm fairly sure that's not right, but. I couldn't be certain. No, and that's not the Coriolis effect. The Coriolis effect is something, is something slightly different. So the Simpsons misled us on that one. As Lied well. to me. But, Damn it, Simpsons. Yeah. I hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Absolutely. Uh, so is there anything else we want to talk about with, with the... I just want to say of- again, I just want to say again, I think Tony Hale is like... One of my favourite like comedic actors, and I wish he was in more things because yeah, great. he is the only character in this TV show who's kind of like uh, the Mike character. Mike McClintock is quite pathetic as well, but like he's just soft. He's yeah. like mm-hmm. he's the one character in this who doesn't have any of those hard edges. He doesn't seem like he would thrive in a world like this. And essentially, he's um, Louise Dreyfus's bag man. Like he follows her around with a bag. He calls Leviathan. We get all of this in episode one. Um, that basically contains like a step and all of the makeup and like things that she might need on a day- daily basis and he takes his job way too seriously like he's a secret service man but he's yes. like the makeup guy like the oh I've got a muffin because I know that you've got lots of meetings this morning so you you know you won't have time to stop he, he literally just goes and makes a coffee that's yeah like, that's and I just think doing. he brings such character to that role that I you know I struggle to think of another actor who could do that and still be like quite engaging <laughs> in it yeah, when you and when you put her again, put him against, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, Louise Dreyfus like that is just it's comedy gold, isn't it? And mm-hmm. they're both working at such a high level. And th- to be fair, we haven't really talked about the other cast, but I think there are some, you know, some really good performances. And as as the series progresses, from memory, we get to kind of focus on on each of them a little bit more. You know, the the the, the current comms guy who's got this dog who's really pathetic and like all of that is really funny. Um, so not yeah, to, there's a nice not little to... bit in that when like because he says he can't help her with this crisis over Twitter um, because he has to go and look after the dog and she says like all right I want you to go home I want you to walk the dog I want you to feed the dog I want to take you to, I want you to take the dog out back I want you to shoot the dog I want you to bury the dog and then I want to get you to get back to work <laughs> yeah um, type of work life balance that you know would, would it, yeah. it, it really like I would hate to be a politician like I absolutely. Ha- Working in and around politics, that might be fun. But to be a politician, where you've you've got to have all of the political news and you've got to be hard, you've got and also have to like kiss babies and shake hands and not like it. What a horrible life that would be! No yeah. money in the world, no power in the world would be worth that. No. Um, on the cast, just briefly, uh, we get Gary Cole and um, Kevin Dunn join the cast in season two. 
um, as like the the White House sort of like chief of staff people, and they're both excellent. They add like they add another layer because it's quite a young cast, I think. Otherwise, um, you know, of like up and comers, whereas they kind of add this gravitas to it, and um, especially especially Gary Cole, who I think is is really really great um, as like the more um, the more involved, the more experienced, kind of like you know that the you know presidents may come and go, but they'll be like they'll be there being you know running the White House, um, and they come in in season two where I I think the show also kind of hits its stride a little bit more. It has a bit more fun. Uh, we get the Hugh Laurie as a character and and a recurring character, and we get a much more um, like playing on the tropes of American politics, um, yeah. which is something that that they do really really well, um, which maybe we miss out on a little bit in the first of this you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, there we go. So we've done. We've watched Veep. We've watched Reap, mm. and I hope to be able to watch some more of it soon. And this is this is always always fun to to get into American twenty minute sitcoms as well. Like that's a good. That's a happy place. This is thirty be, minutes, just to be clear. Yeah. Um, it's God quite, quite damn long. It. Thirty minutes. It's outrageous. And next next. What week are we watching? What are we doing next week then? Is, because uh, one I, of your your choices, I believe, Sam, uh, living with yourself. I believe. Is that? Oh. By the way, is that the Paul Rudd one? I have no idea what that is. I'm sure you picked it. <laughs> Are you sure it? it's my choice? I'm sure you picked it. <laughs> Somebody what? Google it quick. I am doing uh, it right now, so... It's got Paul Rudd in it. it. I've oh, seen this. Yes. I've seen this, but I didn't recommend it. Yeah. It's the Paul Rudd one where Paul Rudd talks to Paul Rudd. Featuring like he's, he's... featuring in episode one, Tom Brady. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I so I, I actually knew... I didn't know Tom Brady thing. I just knew that it was Paul Rudd. Sam, but Sam I I've got the covered here. Facts are important. It stars Paul Rudd, opposite Paul Rudd, already, uh-huh. already perfect. It's um, good. His wife is an attractive redhead woman. I'm okay. going, I know that's doing it for you. Um, like and it. Tom Brady is, is is involved quite intimately. Wow. We finally Tom Brady get, get to, hurt? We know, sort of. We finally get to the truth of why <laughs> Tom Brady is seemingly ageless. Ah, interesting, interesting. So we're going to combine our two favourite things. Which is uh, Tom Brady. talking about TV? <laughs> no, the NFL, American football. We're a secret American football podcast, and I think I think if we can garner enough um, Patreon subscribers to our imaginary Patreon feed, we could just transition into an NFL uh, podcast. If to- basically, we said that we joked about this a few times, but if Tony Romo's free, um... yeah, yeah, my <laughs> open invitation, Tony Romo. You want to come on any episode? You want to come on? I. You want to come on the Street Sharks pilot episode? Like, get in touch. You can. We, we you can, can arrange that. You can even choose the topic. We don't give a fuck. Yeah, um, pick a TV <laughs> show. Pick a TV show. Pick a film. We'll even pay for it. If Tony Romo I, I would, on the show, I would take Chris Collinsworth. I really would, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I don't. I don't, not, not, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think we need to aim quite so. You hard don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. <laughs> in well, fact, can be the backup, but I'd like to extend that to anyone who has played, <laughs> anyone who's played in the NFL, like professionally, like get Brett Favre on here. You know, I reckon. I know I, you're out there, man. <laughs> you're listening to this. Get down here. I reckon. We'll you have could, you. I reckon you could get OCM in here. I'm not. Yeah, probably, you know, Jay probably. Bell, probably. Yeah. Antonio Brown. We'll have you. We've got some questions. You can come down. Come on down. Well, it looks like that transition to an NFL podcast has already begun. So I think we'll leave it there. Uh, Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week on the Imaginary NFL Podcast. Podcast.